We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to The Stender with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Knopf, please visit mikeknopf.com. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. One of the things I love most is teaching teenagers, which I get to do, uh, thank goodness, basically every other week in my confirmation class and periodically I also teach our 8th and ninth grade class and I had a wonderful opportunity to learn with our teenagers uh, just yesterday uh, and I, we were talking about God. One of the things I love most about teaching teens is that they are totally unfiltered. They have no qualms about telling you exactly what is on their mind. Uh, They have no concern. They have no interest in the niceties and pleasantries and, uh, and politeness of conversation that sometimes happens between adults. And so they're prepared to ask the questions that are on their mind in the most blunt possible way, uh, in, in whatever way they deem appropriate and necessary. It's really refreshing and really extraordinary. And one of the students, we were having a very frank and open conversation about God, where a lot of the students were expressing their, their doubts and uh, their uh, their uncertainties about their skepticism about uh, about God and about what Judaism teaches about God about religion in general. And one of the students asked an extraordinary question. She said, "When we pray, we often you know we pray for wisdom, we pray for sustenance, we pray for rain, we pray that God listens to us. But wouldn't it be true that if God were God?" that God would already know what it is that we are praying for before we pray it? Think about it. If God were God, why do we ask for things in prayer? Doesn't God already know what we want? And even more than that, it often seems as though there is not a direct cause and effect in our prayer. So if I pray for a million dollars and I am a deserving person, a worthy person, a righteous person, I pray for healing from an illness, I'm a righteous person, there isn't always a one-to-one connection between the prayer and the response to the prayer. Why does it sometimes seem like God doesn't answer our prayers even when we are deserving. Those questions, I think, are haunting and at the core of a challenge that many of us will face in just a few moments as we begin the Musaf service and offer what is customary on Shemini Atzeret, Tzfilat Geshem, a prayer for rain. The prayer for rain is found on page 379 
in the prayer book, and we'll be able to linger on it at length in a little bit later in our service. But essentially, what the prayer seems to imply is that though we may not be worthy of receiving rain, we are asking God to remember the worthy deeds of our ancestors, and by by their virtue, even if not for ours, by their virtue, bring rain into our world, just the right amount of rain, by the way. We say at the end, lebrachav lo it should be for goodness and not for a curse. There is certainly a curse brought by too much rain, as we have seen in recent weeks. We want just the right amount of rain, and we are relying on the goodness of our ancestors in order for God to bring that right amount of rain. In other words, we're saying, okay, God, we may not deserve it, but our ancestors did, and by their merit, please give us the right amount of rain. And it's problematic, because as most of us, I assume, believe, there is not a direct correlation between either our own moral worthiness or our ancestors' moral worthiness and how much rain falls in a given season. These things are not dependent on human behavior in that strict sense, although they might be dependent on human behavior in respect to our treatment of the environment, but they're not related to human behavior in the moral sense. So what is it that we're doing when we stand and pray Tzfilat Geshem, when we pray for rain on the Shemini Atzeret, if it's not, in actuality, calling upon God to reward the merits of our ancestors by giving us rain in this season? Rabbi Isaac Klein, who was a great luminary of the conservative movement in the 20th century, especially in the realm of Jewish law, writes in his Guide to Religious Jewish Practice that what we're doing in Tzvilat Gesha is not praying for rain. We're not asking, it's not a request for rain. And so therefore, not a declaration that our ancestors were worthy, so please give us rain on their behalf but rather an affirmation. It's an acknowledgement of God's power to bring about the rain. What we're doing is not asking for rain. We are affirming that it is within God's purview and God's power to bring about rain. That comports with how traditional Jewish law, dating back from the Talmud, understands this prayer and the context in which it's found. It's known in Jewish law as gvurot geshamim, which means the power to bring about rain. And where we include this prayer and the shortened version of it that we begin to say today and we'll include uh, in our prayers daily until Pesach is mashiv haruach morid hagashem. God is the one who uh, sends forth the winds and brings down rain. And where do we recite that prayer? We recite that prayer in the second paragraph, the second blessing of the Amidah, which is known as Gvurot, God's power. Now that in and of itself is a troubling passage in the Amidah. It reads as follows. You can find it on page 344. You are powerful, eternally powerful, Adonai. Mechayei metimata. 
You are one who raises the dead. Rav Lehoshia, great is your saving power. And then we add, we begin adding today, Mashiv Haruach Morid HaGashem. You cause the wind to blow and the rain to fall. Mechakel Chaim Bechesed. You sustain the living through kindness and love. Mechaye Metim Barachamim Rabim. You raise the dead in great mercy. So Mechnoflim, Brofecholim, God raises the fallen, heals the sick, and liberates the bound. Umekayem Emunato Lishene Afar and upholds God's faithfulness with those who sleep in the dust. Who is like you, majesty of power? Who is like you? A sovereign who gives death and brings life. And causes redemption to flourish. You are faithful in bringing life to the dead. You are bountiful, Adonai, who gives life to the dead. Now that in and of itself is a somewhat troubling prayer. So troubling, in fact, that modern denominations have not only wrestled with that passage, but have changed the language of it. To stop reading Michaye HaMetim, to stop saying that God is one who raises the dead, and instead to say that, it is, that God is Michaye HaKol, one who brings life to everything. The conservative movement and in orthodoxy hasn't changed this passage, in part because our tradition affirms that one of the powers that God reserves is the power to overcome death. And we ascribe that to a time, sometime in the future, in the Messianic era, when God will end death forever. But there is, I think, a more local, contextualized meaning of this passage, and it's related to the prayer that we include at the very beginning, where we say, when we add the tefillat geshem and we acknowledge, we affirm God's gvurot geshamin, the power to bring rain. Because in what way is God truly mechayeh hametim? In what way is God truly one who brings life to the dead? God is one who truly brings life to the dead in a literal sense in God's bringing forth rain. Because what happens when it rains in its proper season? What happens when water falls from the sky? It lands in the earth, it's absorbed by the soil, and it's consumed by plant life. Plant life that, has, that lies dormant during the winter season, drinks the rain so that it can be brought back to life in the springtime around Pesach. And insofar as God is the creator of the world, even if we don't literally believe that we ask God for rain and then God makes the rainfall, but rather that God set the universe in motion and created the laws of the nat that govern the natural world and including the fact that rain falls in its proper season, that God set the succession of seasons 
and enables rain to fall. In that way, God is mechaye hametim. God is the one who revives the dead, who brings life to the dead. Because in our world, that is precisely what happens when the rains fall. But there is yet an additional way that God brings life to the dead. It may not be quite as literal as the manner in which God brings life to the dead through by virtue of causing the rain to fall, but it is nevertheless real, and it is nevertheless powerful. The refrain in Tefillah Geshem, the refrain that we offer over and over again in this prayer for rain is Zachor. We say, Zachor av nimshach acharecha kamayim. Remember the patriarch who was drawn to you like water. Zachor ha'akara shechonana l'shokake me'at mayim. Remember the barren woman who had compassion for those who needed a drink of water. Zachor ha'nolad bivsorot Remember the one whose birth was foretold by those who were offered water. Remember, remember, remember. What we are invited to say in this prayer for rain over and over again is recollection of the worthiness of our ancestors, a recollection of their deeds a recollection of their virtues, a recollection of their values. We remember them. And in remembering them, we are mechaye hametim. We are giving life to the dead. I think it's no coincidence that our tradition has us recite not only tefillat geshem, this prayer for rain, but also haskarat nishamot, yizkor, on this Shemini Atzeret. Because what we say is that God causes life to emerge from death in God's power of bringing rain. And we bring life to the dead through our power of memory. In remembering those we've loved and lost, we overcome death. We enable our loved ones to endure and to live forever. We revive them. We bring them present and we keep them present in our hearts and indeed in our presence and in our lives. Through the power of zechor, through the power of memory. Our memories, neurologists and psychologists tell us, are what construct our reality. We live and make sense of our world by virtue of our memory. How we navigate the present relies on our memories of the past. And so on Shemini Yatzeret, as we invite God to revive the dead through bringing forth rain, we too are invited to revive the dead by bringing forth the memories of our loved ones. And in that way, we affirm God's power and we remind ourselves of our power.
that love, as our tradition says, is stronger than death. And it is literally within our power, just as it is with God, to be mechayeh hametim, to give life to the dead. May the memories of those we recall today on the Shemini Atzeret be always a source of blessing. May those we recall be alive for us in our recollections as we begin our Yizkir service.